Hello all sentient beings and welcome to Transmissions Alt Mode where we talk about all news, comics, and media related to the... On this episode we review the Transformers Beast Wars Annual in comics. There's a bunch of new guests announced for upcoming Transformers fan conventions. And no place in the world's gonna ban Transformers comics. Hmm, maybe Texas. Today is Friday, May 6, 2022, and this is episode 284 of Transmissions Alt Mode. Welcome to Transmissions Alt Mode, the podcast that assumes everyone listening to this will be seeing Doctor Strange 2 this weekend. It's gonna be nuts. I'm your host, Daryl, the Cybertronian Beast, and I'm joined by the excellent Transmissions team, Jeremy, a.k.a. Yakko. Hello. Let's hope my spoiler foo keeps on going, because it's going to be a while. And Scott, the illustrious Dr. Pants. You want to get nuts? Let's get nuts! That's that's the wrong movie. Sorry. Let's talk Transformers! All right, and we start off the show every week the same way, by talking about our Donatrions and uh, mentioning how awesome they are. We've got... Uh, We've got some room in the uh, in the Masterpiece Donatrions area right now, and if you're interested in becoming one of those, uh, just head on over to uh, our website and uh, click on the Support tab. Uh, you can uh, become a Donatrion and uh, get all the benefits of becoming or being one of those. Um, if you want to, uh, if you enjoy the Empire of Rust uh, show that we. Uh, uh, our editor Mike does. Uh, you can check out the new episode, episode seventy-five. It'll be out Monday, May the 9th, and everyone can uh, listen to that for free. Um, so that will be out very soon. And if you uh, aren't listening to that, you can go over to transmissionspodcast.com/slash/rust and uh, and see all of the information about that over there. Um, it's been going for seventy-five episodes. Wow, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, without wasting any more time, we are going to get into comics news. All right, and this is something that we forgot about last week, and we definitely mentioned meant to talk about because this was this is a wild story, and uh, it just kind of must have happened earlier on in the week. And by the time we were making the uh, the, the episode doc for last week, we just it just slipped our mind. But uh, if you're in Texas and part of this particular school board. There's a Transformers comic that uh, has now been banned, and it's uh, I guess the the uh, the the district in Texas uh, they are going they're on a bit of a rampage banning a whole bunch of books. These are uh, books from all different uh, avenues. These are expected to be much more LGBTQ themed, and uh, that's likely why they're banning them. Uh, the book in question is a bit of a head scratcher for me. It's the Transformers Reg- Revenge of the Fallen Volume 2 official movie adaptation. Now, Volume 2, I think they mean Issue 2, because um, I don't believe there is a Volume 2. So, the official uh, movie adaptation, this is written by Simon Furman, and it... I'm going to bring up all the information I have on it here... I, mean, I can understand if they want to ban the the movie, like the DVD. <laughs> yeah, ban the movie. <laughs> um, so issue two of this, it came out in May of 2009. Like I said, it's written by Simon Furman, pencils by John Davis Hunt, uh, colors by Chris Carter and Josh Perez, letters by Chris Mowry, and uh, obviously published by IDW. So th- 
this this is a strange one for me because, like I said, this is issue number two out of four. So, you know, something obviously, I don't have this book because it was the movie tie-in, you know, actually a movie adaptation. And something obviously happens in this book that really caused some problems with regards to this uh, particular Texas school district. Um, Now, uh, this has not happened here in in Canada that I've, you know, heard about, but uh, I know that, you know, my, my cousin, who's a teacher, she taught for a, uh, a, a Catholic school board in uh, the, out in the West in in Calgary. And she said that the, um, the curriculum out there was very specific as to what they were and were not allowed to uh, let the, um, let into the, the, the schools, right? They, I don't know whether it was banning books or whatnot, but, um, Transformers in general were one of those things that were very much encouraged um, just because they were, you know, robots and uh, kids really like that kind of stuff. Um, Now, perhaps that might be very similar to the U.S. in that regard, Um, or maybe I'm just out of touch. But uh, Jeremy, you're you're from the South. you know, mm-hmm. it's it's not exactly Texas, but uh, it's about as close as I can think. What my wife's from Texas, so oh well, there you go. So there, you know, wh- let's just go to the source here then and talk to you about you know what your experience has been in Texas and and is this kind of you know leaning towards the 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 politics of the day, I guess, and maybe the attitude in Texas. Do they do they hate Transformers? <laughs> I wouldn't think that they hate Transformers. I, I, I know there's a number of, of great Transformers fans there, but they apparently hate books. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, I don't really understand this. And like, as we went through the the contents of the book, it just doesn't make much sense. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't get why this particular book, I mean, I don't agree with book banning in general, but, you know, unless they're going with violence, but why not do the whole series and just not this one issue? It, yeah. It's just, it's, it's so dumb. And I don't know. They, they're why come after an issue two of a, a series. And with regarding transformers, if you're going against LGBTQ themes, there are many other options that I would have figured would be targets. Like any of the, you know, more than ECI till all are one lost light. So many uh, recent books have those themes. And I mean, I'm not condoning banning any of them. I'm just saying like those I would have thought would have been the targets, not this one book from 2009. So, I mean, it, it goes to the intelligence level of these people that are trying to ban, ban books. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I think when we were talking about this offline earlier, you know, Name one time book banning has ever achieved its desired, you know, result. It it never has. It, it's like the Streisand effect. It always brings more publicity to these books, and they're read more. So yeah. When kids aren't allowed to do something, they're gonna try to do it more. And in all honesty, with books and stuff, like if you make a big deal about this one book, you know, oh, it's banned from the schools. Kids are gonna go and try and find it. Like banning yeah. books does nothing. You're gonna you are going to just drive more attention to it. 
why volume two of this which apparently by the way it is volume two is what it says on the cover i guess they were released as like bigger issues and they were all called volumes i just checked but like i mean i'm looking at the book right now i've pulled it up on a on a website to to be able to just kind of look through the book and uh it just says number two on it oh see i found one that said volume two on the cover really yeah hmm. but, but but still why why ban volume two now now this just gets into one of my pet peeves which is like oh cool the school can have volume one volume three and volume four but you're not gonna have the whole set that's gonna drive some kid nuts that they can't read the whole story and i i mean i'm with jeremy i'm against book banning like it's it's not gonna it's not gonna fix anything this is not gonna get the results you want and just what is it because Optimus Prime says freedom is the right of all sentient beings? Is that not okay? Is that the problem? <laughs> is that is that the problem, Texas? It's not all Texas, I know. I know. It, this is just like a Houston yeah. area, I think. Yeah, but ugh, this is stupid. Like The whole thing's stupid, but like just banning that book? Like, what the crap? So if this is just simply limited to issue two of this four-issue series... um. Which, if you found volume two, I'd like to see it as well. It just a, um, but uh, issue two has a panel in it. And this is if this is it, then this is really kind of sad. But um, where I think these are roommates of Sam. Um, they are sitting on the couch watching television, and one of them says, "Pervert." That's what she called me, pervert. All I asked was, could I watch? And because there's a girl in Sam's room, and this is leading into the scene in the movie where the girl turns into the pretender and mm-hmm. tries to kill him, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, yeah. Alice, I think her name was Alice. I mean, I don't... Sure. I, I've blocked out so much of that movie. Yeah, I... I yeah. <laughs> so, I, I remember the scene, but I don't remember names. Yeah. And yeah, so that was essentially that I think I've, you know, I've gone through this, this book kind of quick just to see, and that appears to be the only part in this movie where there appears to be a bad word, um, anything like that could be construed as, as inappropriate. So it looks like, um, this, but you posted in the link, um, Dr. Pants. Yeah. looks like this is a specifically library version of it. Okay. Reinforced bindings. Oh. Um, so it's a hardcover, but it's still only 24 pages. So it's still just an issue. Yeah. And yeah. the cover does match issue number two. So, yeah. But, and it does say volume two on the front, too. So I guess it does. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm guessing, yeah, it's just the, the library bound version of it then. Yeah. Third, so, third grade reading level. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, maybe you don't want third graders reading the word pervert. Yeah. There's, I mean, um, at some point in the in the book, uh, Michaela runs into the school to get Sam out because he's being attacked, and uh, she yells, "It's called trans scanning." Could that be construed as something inappropriate to you know some idiotic educational executives? Uh, uh, it's not even what it's meant for, but I guess um, I don't know. This I mean, is, it would make sense if they did a, a search on all the books for the word trans. Yes. The idea that this is banned is ridiculous. Um, you know, th- I don't know. We-, we wanted to mention this in the show because this is this is news. It happened. Um, 
we have, uh, you know, cause Simon Furman who wrote this, he, he got a, uh, you know, he was informed about all of this and he said, uh, he thanked the person who told him and said, uh, he said, finally, th- the notoriety I've always craved. Um, but, uh, that was it. It's, uh, you know, this is, it's, it's ridiculous. This, I, I, I don't understand, you know, like Jeremy said, I don't understand book banning in, in general. Um, the idea that an, a school district would try to keep any kind of book away from children. First of all, if you're going to do that, that's a parent's job. And secondly, um, kids, you should, uh, a school system should be trying to expand children's minds, not, not cage them in. Uh, you know, Dr. Pants, you, uh, you, you, you do attempt to, uh, to educate children on a, on a <laughs> daily basis. Um, and, uh, this is something that, uh, is, I assume would be, f- you know, fairly, uh, explosive to you, book banning and, and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, it is. I'm actually holding myself back right now from going on a full-on, like, hour-long pants rant here about this. But, like, yeah, it it's it's a school's job, it's a teacher's job to teach kids, teach them more about the world, teach them more about the way the world works and everything. And, like, it really drives me nuts when outside forces kind of hold you back, when they tie you back from doing the job that you're supposed to be doing. And, like, I understand that, yeah, there are parents out there who don't want their kids learning about certain things. I understand. Like, everybody's got their own thoughts and feelings on the whole thing, whatnot. But, like, that's then it's your job to teach them what you want then, to correct them. But, like, if you start messing with the school, then you're messing with everybody. And it's just, uh, I just let us teach. Right. Just and it's l- not like this book was going to be taught in a class. This was just a book in the library for the kids to check out. You know, kids are need like one of the struggles we're having right now is get getting our kid interested in reading fiction books. He wants to read nonfiction because there's lots of big pictures and little bits of text. Uh-huh. And we're trying to get them into fiction books. And part of that is when they go to the library and they get to pick out the books that they want to read. And, you know, regardless of our feelings on the movie, I mean, it's got robots and explosions and stuff. It's right up there for, you know, a third grader, their interests. I know the stuff that I checked out when I was that age, probably parents would have issues with, but it's just fiction. If your kid can't tell the difference between fiction and fact, and they, I guarantee you at this age, they already know the word pervert, you know, <laughs> they probably know a lot of just, other words. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, you can't protect the kids from everything that you imagine is a threat, you know? And, and like you were saying, like, this is, these kinds of books are going to get kids to want to read something. I mean, when I was in like third, fourth grade, I didn't want to read books, but man, you gave me a Sonic the Hedgehog comic. I'd just soak that up. Yeah. So mm-hmm. like, like why take this away? What, what, I don't know. I don't, I don't think Revenge of the Fallen volume two is indoctrinating any child into some cult that you don't want them to be in. <laughs> Unless it's well, liking the Michael Bay movies. They're going to be perverts now. Obvious. <laughs> Yeah, that's what's going to cu- turn them into perverts. Yeah. Not it's not going to be anything else like social media. Mm. Or or maybe the parents will find out exactly what the trans scanner does. <laughs> trans scanner, that's like gaydar, right? <laughs> anyway, I, I just wanted to bring this up because obviously it was news. It made uh, it made headlines for, you know, especially in the fandom, uh, you know, a week ago, 
and uh, we we neglected to talk about it, so we we wanted to bring it back, uh, you know, and mention it because we did hear about it, and we just kind of dropped the ball last week. But uh, this did happen, and uh, it's ridiculous, and I feel bad for the school boards that uh, that are being affected by this, uh, the kids who are being affected by this. I mean, well, frankly, think of all the kids that want to check out the series and they get one, three, and four. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was saying. What? You... Yeah. Yeah. So limiting, limiting children, you know, there, there are some fantastic comic book series out there that, uh, are educational. This is, I mean, Revenge of the Fallion, Revenge of the Fallion movie, movie adaptation is not educational in any stretch of the imagination, but it was entertaining and it's, you know, it's, it's drawn well. And if somebody actually wants to, 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 to read the movie adaptation, um, then, then let them, it's, the the ridiculousness of this is is astounding i don't i can't wrap my brain around it there are 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 much worse things happening in the world than than banning these these books any books you know so anyway that's all i want to say on that and we're gonna we're gonna move on to uh our review this week uh speaking of a book that should be banned (laughs) no i'm kidding you Uh, shut your mouth (laughs) (laughs) um We've got, we're going to uh, move into our comic review now. All right. Yeah. And we are talking about, uh, the Transformers Beast Wars 2022 annual. So, I mean, it's a Dr. Pants week, so we saved Beast Wars books for him and you get three stories in one book here. And, uh, these are all by different, uh, different creators in their regular team. So, uh, Let's get into this first. Um, the entire book was lettered by Jake M. Wood. The editor was Jasmine Joyner. The assistant editor is Riley Farmer. And then as I go into each story, I'll, it's written and um, drawn by a, a different creative team for each story. So I'll go over that. Uh, but let's talk about the covers first. Uh, we have cover A, which shows the Maximals. Uh, looks like they're um, in a defensive posture in the jung- jungle somewhere. Uh, this is done by Ryan Miller. And the retailer incentive shows uh, Rhinox, Megatron, and Scold. And this is by Lana, Su- I am so sorry, Lana uh, Suvani. And uh, she also draws one of the stories in the book. So, Dr. Pants, let's start with you. Uh, which of these is your favorite? Oh, cover A by a long shot. That cover just looks fantastic with, you know, all the main Maximals on there. At least from the show, we, I we're missing Nick's from the comic. Yeah. But, I mean, for the main cast from the original show... It's all done really well. I kind of love how this looks, like the the coloring and everything. It just it looks great, absolutely. It's almost love like it. a watercolor. Yeah, like it it does look like it was painted like watercolor, and it's a little like desaturated. Mm-hmm. But I love it. The style looks great. Everybody's in a great action pose, and I yeah, I can't say enough about it. It just looks really really cool. Awesome, uh, Daryl. Which one do you like? Well, I am going to go with uh, with cover A as well. Um, they are, are both, uh, pretty equal, both covers pretty equal in my book, uh, this week, but, uh, I kind of like the painted look, um, a little bit more. So yeah, I'm going to go with cover a, and, uh, I think that's the one, yeah, that's the one I bought. So, uh, I think, uh, I'll make it unanimous. I mean, I, I like them both. Um, but just something about that watercolor look, I, I just really like it. And, um, it just, I mean, it looks a little bit rough, but. Like that kind of adds to the jungleness, you know, the, you know, it adds to kind of to the threat that it seems like they're about to encounter. 
but yeah, I just, I really liked it. All right. Uh, let's get into the stories here. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and I think we'll talk about each story before I go into the next one, just to kind of, so we're not having to remember one story after the other. Uh, this first one is called Scold's No Good, Very Bad Day. It's written by Sam Maggs, and art is by uh, Lana Suvani. And it starts inside the dark side, where Scold is sure that today is finally going to be the day that things go right for her. Until she trips, and she scrapes against a wall, and she falls on her face. Pterosaur is there to see and laugh at her, and she is just so into her, like, her head that she can't do anything right but she doesn't see that he's about to humiliate her again. And then he kicks her down the stairs and into the ship's brig where he's trapped her behind the force field. Then he and the other Predacons are watching over the surveillance cameras and laughing at her. Uh, and as she watches him leave, she notices that she's not alone in the cell and an unfamiliar maximal who is there. And he introduces himself as power hug. Uh, and he is just, eager to help her and kind of build her up with compliments. And she is just very uneasy because someone is actually being kind to her. But then he, he immediately kind of grabs her and pulls her into a hug and asks her to tell her, tell him something good about herself. She is hesitant, but then she kind of builds up some inner strength and tells her that she does like something about herself. She's really strong. She's really graceful. And Sometimes it seems like she does, she is actually smart. And then she thanks Power Hug for helping her kind of feel better about things. And then she reaches up and rips his head off. Then she, she digs through her body and finds some, um, some bits and pieces that can help her. And she uses that to force the, the force field to deactivate and she escapes. And then Power Hug's kind of head looks on in pain as uh, the other Predacons watching on the, the screens are just in shock that she was able to do that. And then she sees that she's having a good day after all. So uh, with this first story, I thought it was fun. Um, you know, kind of scold is a character that has really kind of grown, you know, brand new character to the series, but I think we've all kind of grown to appreciate scold and enjoy her addition here. So it's nice getting a story just dedicated to her and I just I thought it was fun. Um, the art was was good. I, I'm not familiar with Lana's work before, but I, I enjoyed it. The coloring was great. I think she did both the art and the color. Um, and I, I wasn't familiar with Power Hug, but apparently Power Hug is uh, a character from one of the Japanese series, um, uh, Beast Wars Two. So that's a, a deep cut that that I appreciate. Uh, apparently, he transforms into like a millipede. <laughs> so. He's a pill bug or a pill. Bu oh, <laughs> sorry. It, I didn't see that. So, uh, I don't call them pill bugs. They're roly polies. <laughs> that is what we call them in the South. Nope. I, I, I know them as roly polies also, but, um, but anyway, I, I thought that that was cool. I, I had never seen uh power hug before this. And I thought that was just, that was awesome. A great use for a character, especially one that was just a one off here. So, um, Daryl, what was your thought on this first story? Well, uh, we call these bugs potato bugs. Um, Nothing like a potato. When they roll up. And, you have some uh, weird looking potatoes. In but uh, as far as the issue or the first story goes, um, I wasn't a fan. Um, I didn't uh, particularly like it. Um, it's 
Like, so I, I understand how Pterosaur would be bullying um, Skuld. That's kind of the dynamic they have. Um, but the rest of them kind of all kind of gathering to watch the uh, Skuld kind of like, you know, just hanging out in the in the in the prison cell. I didn't, I did I thought that was, that was kind of ridiculous. I don't, I don't, I, the, then the interaction, like I, the whole premise of the, of the, the story seemed ridiculous. Right. And I, I get that it's supposed to be silly, but, um, I, I, I really didn't, I, I really wasn't expecting a silly story and I, you know, going into it, I, I didn't, I didn't expect nor, nor, um, care for a silly story out of these characters. It, it's probably the fact that I don't know these characters well enough to expect a silly story. Um, or you haven't or seen know. enough of the show to realize that it got silly at times. Right. So this was just this, this whole story was kind of meaningless to me. Um, power hugs. Cool. The, uh, the, you know, that's, that's all well and good. Um, like, I don't know. I just, I, I just really wasn't a fan of the story. Um, yeah, I, I I don't know. I I'm 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 a f- come from the school of where an annual doesn't necessarily have to d- deal with, you know, the main plot of the of the line, but there's something going on in the annual that is kind of tertiary to the to the main plot, right? Where it it may end up affecting it down the line. Mm-hmm. Um these this story and and the subsequent stories um they don't <laughs> yeah, I mean, it kind of just gives you character background. This one takes place, obviously, before uh, Tarantulas died. At, or not, sorry, not Pterosaur uh, died at the hands of Skold. Right. So it kind of does give you a little bit of background there after the mm-hmm. fact. Yeah. 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 Uh, but either way, it's, uh, you know, um, you know, like, why is Power Hug in, in the jail cell? You know, just they've got. They've got another member of their 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 team. Like they've got another oh, person. I mean, like they're power hugs. They just it's, aren't using. It's all the protoforms. Sti- so. Still, like they've you know every the Predacons and the Maximals have been you know dying for manpower, and mm-hmm. they've got one sitting there on their ship. Yeah, you know that's maybe I'm looking too much into it, but I mean, I maybe know. the Predacons saw him and saw his power was hugging, and they're like, ah, eh, just throw him in the brig. He's useless. Right. But Waspinator's still good. Oh well, wa- yeah. Oh yeah. It's not. It's not. <laughs> it's not that Waspinator's bad. It's just that the universe hates Waspinator. Yeah, and we'll get there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, well, Doctor Pants, uh, you have any thoughts on this one? Yeah, I loved it. Um, Scold has grown on me immensely over the run of the Beast Wars comic book series, and the fact that this started off with like a story all about her, I was thrilled with. Um, I feel bad for her because of the bullying, but to find another Maximal who talks to her and kind of gets her to open up a little bit and come out of her shell. <laughs> it's funny because she's a turtle. Um, <laughs> I like, I don't know. It's, it's weirdly adorable because like Scald is a brute. Like that's how we're introduced to her, that she's like this, like super strong punch everything. But we get like this kind of nice, cute side door where she's like, I like the way my hands look. I'm a pretty, she says she's a good tap dancer. That's amazing. It's so dumb and I love it. And like that full page where she just goes over part, like the thing she likes about herself. I kind of want that as like a motivational poster 
because it's adorable. The art is like really nice. And it's just, you know, say the things you like about yourself. Power hug. Nice. I love that they pulled another like Beast Wars second, like Japanese Beast Wars character out. Um, it's one of the dumbest ones because, man, those uh, those pill bug Transformers were dumb. Um, it's cool, though. The, the whole thing, it was fun. I love that after when she drops Power Hug's face, like, he's got the angry eyes. And then as she walks away, he's got the sad eyes just going, ow. I don't know why he's there. Um, they probably wanted to use a character that was not going to have any real purpose in the story to do for a one-off. And that's fine. I kind of like the idea of doing silly stories in this because, like, they've done a really good job of setting up a lot of good character for all of these all these characters throughout this series. And I think it's fun to get something that's not related to the plot, but we get to see them interacting, just doing other things. And I kind of like that. I like a nice, a nice breather. This is like a filler episode. Yeah. And, and that's okay every now and then, as long as you don't have too many, but a filler episode's nice for a breather, especially given that, I mean, the series is going to be running, it's going to be winding down now and it's going to be nuts. So right. let's take a time to have, to take a breath, have a, have a laugh and enjoy ourselves. All right. Now let's get into the second story here. Uh, it is titled Rhinox's Amazing Adventure, and this is written by David Mariette and art by Philip Johnson. Uh, starts with Rhinox walking through the the woods looking for, um, or he's tracking a, a stasis pods beacon, and then he discovers uh, a really kind of crude trap on the the ground, like a, a snare to try to pick him up and. He quickly, you know, disarms it until the ground just completely opens up underneath him as a, a second trap, and he falls into some dark cavern under the ground. He tries to climb up, but there's a, a door slides up over his head, and there's a mesh of webbing that prevents him from touching the walls without suffering electrocution. And then he hears a very, very familiar voice, uh, Tarantulas. And he has he has been caught in one of Tarantulas's uh, traps, but then he also hears Black Arachnia arguing with Tarantulas over this voice uh, over the the speakers. And as they bicker, Rhinox hears a, a third voice calling for help. So um, no other way, like there's no other light source that he sees. So he decides he's going to voluntarily like touch the wall, electrocute himself, so he can have some sort of light and he tries to to find where the voice is coming from and it one of the ways they use to help is is a form of marco polo but um by saying optimus prime which is is kind of funny um but then when he finally finds the source of the voice he discovers that it's waspinator who tarantulas and black arachnia used to test out the thing and then just left him there so rhinox agrees to to help waspinator so they can both get out however uh waspinator keeps triggering all the various booby traps in there uh includes like axes spears boulders and stuff and rhinox is the one that ends up getting hurt through all of this and waspinator despite the universe hating him manages to get to, to the end of this maze completely undamaged and when they get to the end here rhinox spots that he can see the sky through uh, a hole in the ceiling. So Waspinator quickly shoots the hole, makes it bigger and then flies out abandoning Rhinox who grumbles to himself and says, well, that's just, so uh, that is um, a more action packed 
story, I guess. Um, I enjoyed it too. Uh, just seeing some of the, the various things that Rhinox went through to get here and then just uh, to have uh Wasminator actually kind of get a win for once. I thought that was, it was, it was nice. And um, I'm not sure exactly when this takes place in the overall story of the series, but um, I don't know. I, I thought this was fun. Uh, I thought the art was good. The story was, I mean, it, I, I like, I like seeing the brains of Rhinox used more and, you know, we get to see that here, but it kind of works against them because he's like seeing the trap and then he's seeing Waspinator kind of trigger the trap and then he's dealing with the consequences. So, uh, anyway, I, I, I really enjoyed it. So, um, Dr. Pants, let's start with you this time. What was your thought on this story? It's just another like fun, silly story. And I mean, I love Rhinox. I love Waspinator. Pairing them up, like pairing up Rhinox, who's really, really smart and usually level-headed and whatnot. Pairing up with Waspinator, who is pretty dumb and unlucky in this situation, I thought was just a great pairing. And uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I really like the artwork. I think they did a really, really good job on the artwork. Um, I love the game they play of, you know, Marco Polo, but with Optimus Prime. And Waspinator says, uh, that's a boring Autobot, but whatever. Yeah, boring Autobot, but okay, and like they still he still does it, and yeah, I like that line about you. Usually, the universe hates Waspinator, but he's okay this time. The universe can hate Rhinox for a little while. Um, it's just fun, silly. There's a lot of like slapstick humor in here because Rhinox just keeps getting hit with things, and it's hilarious and fun. I enjoyed it. Again, I just give me more of this kind of like side story stuff with these characters. I think it's a blast. Cool. Uh, and Daryl, any well, better? Um. I think this is probably the best one out of the three. Uh, the art in this one is um, I enjoyed the most out of all three stories. Um, the uh, aspect of this, I think, probably could have and should have been a, um, part of a regular story uh, with uh, Tarantulas and Black Arachnia bringing a trap on Rhinox and uh, him trying to get out. Um, you know, having, having Waspinator be in the trap already is is funny um with regards to the last story i mean they could have had scold in there um but uh the um the fact that it's waspinator kind of makes sense too i guess um it's a good story it's um i think uh um there's i mean there's a lot of humor in it as well um which i guess is fine for uh for for what we've we've got here um it's but yeah it's uh, i mean it's it's fine it's I didn't enjoy it as much as, you know, Dr. Pants and you did, uh, but uh, it's it's fine. All right. Uh, well, let's do this last story here, and I can already tell from the art that Daryl's probably going to have issues with it. Um, <laughs> but uh, this one is titled The Morphlings. It's written by Nick Marino, arts by Andrea Bell. And uh, this, uh, I did look, this one takes place after issue 14 of the series where, like, Optimus Primal has been kidnapped by the Vok and the rest of the Maximals aren't aware of this. So the Maximals are sitting outside the Axelon uh, by a campfire waiting for Optimus Primal to return. And Rattrap is grumbling that, you know, why are they outside instead of inside the, the ship? And Cheetor likes the idea of being, you know, out for once experiencing the world. And um, Cheetor decides to tell the group uh, a ghost story. And he tells the story of a, a planet that is 
similar to Cybertron. It might be Cybertron. We don't know. It might be in the future. It might be in the past. But there's a, a, a horrible leader named Mega Savage that rules the planet. And he has an army of mindless Servicons. And there's a small resistance called the Defiance led by um, led by a, a gorilla and um, has some other um, some of the other people are uh, a spider and a rat. And, you know, it, um, there's a there's a um, a bird called Silverclaw, a bot called Botanicus and a bat called Night Shriek and. Uh, eventually all of them are all worn down until Silverclaw, Botanicus and Night Shriek are the, the last ones left. And um, as they're kind of going from base of last resort to base of last resort, uh, Silverclaw gets um, is digging a tunnel and contracts this disease from these little um, biological creatures called morphlings. Um Botanicus and Nightshriek work out how to try to use these morphlings to um, create a biological bacteria bomb to infect the Servicons and Mega Savage. And as uh, Nightshriek goes to um, to deploy the bomb, Botanicus's like their their headquarters was found, and she's captured. At the same time, Meg- Nightshriek releases a bomb but realizes that it was mega savage's trap all the time and um basically that's the end of the story and rat trap is like this was very depressing rhinox wonders if such if something like that could ever happen to cybertron and cheetor is just laughing he's like megatron's bad but no one is this bad when they go home cybertron will be there just like they left it and that's the end of the story it's funny because essentially the ghost story was the story of the beast machine series, which it's, you know, it, it kind of played on a lot of the, uh, the complaints people have on that, that series, which I, I feel is an underrated series, but I know I'm in the minority in the fandom. Um, silver claws, silver bolt, Botanicus is Botanica. Night shriek is, um, oh crap. Night beat night scream, night scream. Right. That, that makes more. So, um, I, I thought it was fun. Like as soon as I, I kind of saw the, the mega savage Megatron analog and he's kind of wearing the, the outer shell that he has in the, the first part of the series, I saw where it was going. And I, I just, I was along for the, as a fan of beast machines, I, I enjoyed it. Um, the art was completely different. It, it reminds me of the, the Tom Skilly style kind of, and I didn't mind it. It was different. It was, you know, I don't need the, the art to be like a, a perfect representation every single time. I, I thought it was fun. But Daryl, knowing how you feel about the Tom Skilly type of artwork, I imagine it was just like your eyes were burning. Was I right? Uh, yeah, I wasn't a fan of this, uh, this artwork. So well, what did you think of the story? Um, the story was, was interesting. Um, there were a couple points in it that I thought, well, that was a strange choice to make there. The, um, the fact that it was the beast machines story that you just mentioned, I've actually never watched beast machines. I mean, I've watched a couple episodes here and there, but, uh, I've never sat down and watched it from start to finish, which, um, you know, just the, 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 I think it's more to do with the, um, the reputation it has that has kept me away. Mm-hmm. Plus the, uh, 
I mean, the animation gets better than what Beast Wars yeah. had, but it's it's not it's still not not super great. But it has a really bad reputation, and that's kind of kept me away. Um, the uh, but the story was interesting enough. The um, when uh, was it Silver Silver Claw was getting reformatted in this like tube? I thought, okay, well who's silver claw going to be reformatted into? I thought, okay, well, he's going to become something, right? Like what's he going to turn into and never turned into anything. Right. Just yeah. Died. I was expecting something right? to happen there, but yeah. right. So I just, I thought, okay, well, that'll be interesting to see. Okay. So, um, was it Cheetor was telling the story, right? Uh, yeah. Cheetor was telling the story and I thought, okay, well, Cheetor is going to mention that he becomes somebody they know or somebody that the audience knows. And I thought, okay, well, That'll be interesting. And I kept thinking, okay, the next page, they're going to reveal that he became so-and-so. And and, uh, that never happened. And then when they said, okay, well, this, you know, we're going to get this, this bomb or whatever, and it's going to, you know, it's going to wipe everything out and we're going to, we're going to win the day and and all this kind of stuff. And then, no, just everything just kind of, you know, went south at the end. And I thought, okay, well, that's an interesting take on the end. Um, You just, everybody loses. Um, So, yeah, I thought, okay, there were two spots when I... where I thought the story really could have taken a different turn. Um, but, uh, all in all, the story was, was all also just, it was fine. As you said, it was, it's kind of ripped off of beast machines, which I was not aware of. So it was new to me. Um, but the art, the art drove me nuts. I could, I, it's, um, this is, it's, it's, it's drawn fine. If you're, if you're drawing like a web comic or something, but this, this is a professional comic. I, I don't think this is right. good enough for a professional comic. Well, I, I think it, it's intentionally drawn in a more rough, childish style. Yeah, it's kind of I mean, like, it, it's kind of like a storybook. Like the oh yeah, comics and stuff. Hmm. What was that, Doctor Pants? I said it's kind of like a storybook. Yeah. Well, uh, what do you think of the story, Doctor Pants? It was it was it was a lot of fun because it's just Beast Machines. When I, in all honesty, like when when it first started, I was like, all right, this is what we're doing, and. I loved when they they gave the names Night Shriek, Botanicus, and Silverclaw, and I'm like, okay, so we're not even gonna we're not even gonna use their real names, even though this is literally like you know that universe because it should be Night Scream, Botanica, and um the bird it, the bird is Silverbolt. That's who it's supposed to be. Yeah. So I mean, Daryl, if you're waiting for him to turn into somebody that people know, I mean, he is Silverbolt. People know Silver Silverbolt, right? Mm-hmm. So. That's that. I love the 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 silly drawn versions of the Viacons or Servicons or whatever they're called. It was just dumb and awesome. And I love that we see the robot version of Night Scream a little bit. And they even put in the crazy hair swoop that covers like part of his face, like that emo hair swoop from his original like design. I just it's so cool. Um, it was just fun. I'm glad they acknowledged Beast Machines and like stab took little stabs at like. Yeah, this was all edgy and dark, and it was kind of depressing through a lot of it. Blah blah blah. And I don't know. I again, it's more filler. It's more just kind of like poking at the universe and everything, and just throwing in some fun stuff. I loved it. I thought the artwork fit it pretty well because again, it it feels like a storybook. Cheetor's telling a ghost story, so it's kind of got this childish storybook thing going on, and I kind of dig it. Yeah, and um, uh, Beast Machines was really kind of what got me back into Transformers. I like accidentally caught an episode, and I'm like. Oh, like it had some G1 references. And I'm like, oh, I remember that. Oh, this is kind of cool. And then I just went in and binged all of Beast Wars and on like old real media rips of the episodes. 
I don't oh. think there's a single other person out there who can safely say that Beast Machines got them back into Transformers. Yeah. So <laughs> So good on you. It, it worked for me. <laughs> so anyway, you can thank Beast Machines for this podcast. <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, that will be it for our comic review, and uh, we will move on to media news. All right, and that's me, isn't it? It is. All right, I get to do news. Uh, first up, we have official Hasbro China put out a Transformers aerobics stop motion video. Uh, it's a stop motion video. They included the Killer Bodies Bumblebee movie Optimus Prime helmet, uh, kind of using it as a stereo. It is... The Siege Soundwave and Flame Toys model of Windblade, and they just, they have a dance competition. And it's, it's kind of adorable and fun. And the stop motion's pretty good. I gotta give them credit. It's pretty smooth. They do some nice moves and everything in here. Uh, did you guys have a chance to watch this at all? I'm watching it right now. And yeah, it's really smooth stop motion. That's really impressive. Mm -hmm, same. It, uh, it just, it just came out as we were, or it was just posted as we were starting to uh, record the show. So. Yeah, these stop motions they've been putting out are, are very good. Um, they got some pros over there. Anyone who can do stop motion like that, like huge props, because I do not have any kind of patience for that. Oh, my God. Right. I mean, most of the stop motions I see are, are very rough in the movements and stuff. And this is so smooth. It must have taken so long to, you know, to shoot all these because of the number of frames you need. Yeah. And I kind of like that it, it does a good job to actually show off the posability of the Windblade model kit. Mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. excuse me pretty good pretty good uh next up we have uh direct line crossed with transformers for a commercial called optimus prime's day off and uh yeah it's it's the last night age of extinction optimus just going off and taking a trip having fun he uh picks up a friend goes through the country he plays some beach volleyball he does some some snorkeling goes and gets a massage <laughs> This is weird. <laughs> this is really weird. Um, but the the whole thing is actually. I, oh, it's for the insurance company Direct Line, so it's an insurance commercial. I, I did you guys watch this one at all? Do you have any thoughts? No, I, I saw Movie Optimus Prime. I couldn't. <laughs> I watched it just to just to see, and it's 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 fun. It's just it's yeah. It's it's you know whatever. Yeah. I, I remember seeing people post screen caps from this and say, it's nice to see Movie Optimus doing some of the silly things like G1 Optimus used to do. You know, like G1 Optimus playing basketball and stuff. Just just hanging out. Being mm -hmm. one of the guys. Yeah. They should it's have not Peter Cullen, right? Sport. It's not Peter Cullen's voice. I was watching it while we were doing the podcast and I couldn't hear it. With, I didn't put the sound on. So Yeah. Um, so it's not, I don't know. it's not Peter Cullen's voice, no. Okay. There you go. <sighs> Next up. We have some movie stuff, but hey, it's the G1 movie. We have official G1 Transformers, the movie Screen Prints by Tom Whalen. Uh, this was drawn by the poster artist Tom Whalen. And there's a couple of limited posters. There is the regular movie edition. It's 100 hand-numbered posters. They're 24 by 36, uh, approximately $68 US. And then there is a holographic foil variant, also 100 of those numbered, Uh they are about $81 in the U.S. The pre-orders went live on this past Friday. Uh, so you can go to More Art Gallery, the More Art Gallery website and see if you can get one if you want to snag one. But, uh, I mean, these look pretty cool. Uh, I don't, I can't think off the top of my head what that art style is. But very just geometric. 
You've got Hot Rod in the center opening the Matrix and just all the characters there. It looks really, really cool. Um, did you guys try and snag one of these at all? Did you know about it? I think we talked about it last week. Oh, did you? <laughs> I don't know. No, I don't think so. This is new. No? Okay. Oh, okay. Well, I did not try to get it. Just it, I have it, – it's not by him, but I have an, a very large 86 movie print. You have the one that came with the, the latest release, right? The 4K one? Well, well, no, I, well, I have one of those too, but I have um, a glow in the dark. I, I think it might have been by that same artist, but it's like Optimus. Or no, it it is Rodimus Ulti- opening the Matrix, but it's it's got like Megatron and Unicron and stuff. Oh, okay. So I, I don't really need another one here. Okay. This looks amazing, though. I'm I'm a real fan of this art. Yeah, the artwork does look really really cool. Um, I don't I don't need a fifty dollar poster, but it is cool. And then lastly. We've got footage from Rise of the Beast. They showed this off at CinemaCon 2022. There was 12 seconds of footage. No dialogue. There was. We got to see Optimus Prime, Bumblebee, and RC. RC was seen in her robot mode hanging off the side of a vehicle with a giant gun. People said she looked reminiscent of her classic G1 form, so I'm guessing very similar to what we saw in the Bumblebee movie intro. Uh, Optimus looks like how we saw him in the Bumblebee movie. Anthony Ramos was shown weaving in and out of cars, driving next to RC, there were no beasts shown, despite this being Rise of the Beast, but we did get to see some footage. So, I mean, that's cool. I'm glad to see RC showing up in this. Uh, but that that's it for that. Do you guys have any thoughts on that? I mean, not really showing much of anything, but it, I don't know. It, this is one of those things where they, they show the footage, and if you're not there, you know, they're not, they're not going to release the footage, I don't think, until we get an actual trailer. Yeah. I, I'm still optimistic about the movie, just... I feel like it's going to be fun, if nothing else. Hearing about RC being more of a classic look, that gives me hope. Yeah. I'm hoping they just kind of modify her look from that from that opening scene and we get kind of a more, like, Earth mode look, but they keep the general design. That is it for media news. All right. Well, we are going to move on to convention news. All right. Well, we got a lot of convention news this week. Um, the first is uh, a couple of TF Nation updates. Uh, the first, uh, We have here uh, Jim Sorensen, who is a writer and archivist. He's done the AllSpark Almanac, um, the Legacy Transformers packaging book, number of other things. Um, so he's going to be a- attending there, um, and I imagine he's going to do panels. Um, not sure what else um, they're going to have him do, but uh, he was on our show, I think, last year. Or so we, we had him on to talk about the legacy book. And so it'll be a great panel. And I'm sure he's going to have some interesting hats that he's going to wear. Uh, next, we have Matt Ferguson, who uh, he did that artwork on the Blu-ray 4K um, remaster. And uh, he'll be there to talk about it. And I'm sure he will have prints. Uh, it says he will have drawing tools there. So, you know, get some autographs, maybe buy some more of his original work. I mean, that, that 4K uh release the artwork was really great uh next we have tfcon toronto they have announced that andrew wildman is going to be attending so somewhere charles is squeeing i'm I'm sure um he was you know an artist on the original uh g1 book so uh he'll be signing offering prints and commissions so that that's great news i know daryl you're also excited about that that's a pretty big get for the, the Toronto Con. And I mean, I've been going for a very long time now. And this is the first time I think he's gone to this convention. So 
uh, yeah, I'm pretty excited for uh, Mr. Wildman to show up. The other thing that I hope is that uh, Simon Furman will join him because I think they, they tend to do a lot of conventions together. So it would be really, really nice if uh, Mr. Simon Furman also joined. So that would yeah, be really cool. It would be. Um, one that's closer to now, I mean, those are all both in the summer, um, Casey Collar is going to be at the Western Massachusetts Comic Book Show May 29th. Uh, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. It looks like it's a small one-day thing. It's $5 to get in. Um, I'm sure he will have things to, like, prints to sell, things to, to sign. Uh, I would imagine he'll do some sketches, but I'm not sure. Uh, but just follow his Twitter, and, and uh, if you're in the area, check out that show. Uh, and then, finally, um, May 14th, there's going to be TFUKCon. And this was a, a small convention in the UK I wasn't aware of, but Simon Furman and Jeff Sr. are going to be there. So um, check them out. Simon says that he's going to have a stash of Transformers 84 script and comic packs and um, back issues that he, you know, he has and uh, stuff related to his to the, to the Death series that he does with Jeff Sr. And Jeff, he says, we'll be sketching, but generally they're just going to be hanging out and chatting. So... If you're in the UK and you're um, you're there near Birmingham, go check it out. And we'll have a link to that in the show notes. So that is all the convention news we've got. All right. Well, that's awesome. Uh, hope everyone's looking forward to getting back to conventions this year. This will be a really good year to do it. It sounds like everyone's kind of getting uh, getting up and running again, and that's fantastic news. Um, but as far as transmissions alt mode goes, that's the end of this episode. Um, we want to thank our Masterpiece Donatrions, john 4 Good and DemonTech82. Thanks a lot for your support, uh, fellas. And uh, if you want to become a Masterpiece Donatrion, uh, just check out the uh, link on the website at uh, transmissions.com slash support. And I don't know what else Charles says here. It's uh, I think he just throws it to the to the end. I don't. Does he say anything else? I don't think so. Thanks, Dr. Pan. Oh, Dr. Pants. Hey, yeah, Dr. Pants. Um, hey, what, thanks for coming on. It was fun. What, uh, it was. Got anything coming up that uh, you want to talk about or want to mention? Uh, I mean, there's always stuff going on at the Nerdstradamus YouTube channel, so make sure you check that out. Um, you can go to Nerdstradamus.com to find links to everywhere. We're on all the social media, but we are way more active on YouTube than anywhere else. We tend to stream a lot of gaming. Um, if you want a good time and you want to watch me have a mental breakdown, you can watch through all the streaming episodes of us doing a Pokemon Nuzlocke. That was one of the worst emotional experiences of my life. So, uh, yeah, go and check that out. And we do all kinds of, like, music and whatnot. We did the Beast Wars theme a few months ago. Go check it out if you haven't that, watched that it. That was excellent. Thank you. Thank you. We even we even did the Canadian version. Mm-hmm. Beasties. <laughs> Just by popular demand here on this podcast, we had to do it. So, but, uh, yeah. And thanks for having me because, you know, it's... It's always a blast to find a place where I can come and talk about robots with people. I love robots. I'm never ready on the soundboard. It's okay. It's okay. Maybe I'll just get my own soundboard and just have it ready. So if I know I'm going to say it, I'll just play it. You should. I should. I have a soundboard. I just, I use it for Dungeons and Dragons. I don't use it for this. (laughs) I swear I have it on here and then just. (laughs) All right. Well, that'll do it. Thanks again for listening to uh, Transmissions Alt Mode. And we will all see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Later.
Thank you for listening to this episode of Transmissions. If you'd like to join the conversation, travel to our Discord channel at transmissionspodcast.com slash discord. Want some cool transmission swag? Feast your eyes on our transmissions gear at transmissionspodcast.com slash shop. If you'd like to support our podcast, go to transmissionspodcast.com slash support or tell your friends about our show. We'll see you next time. Transmissions.